And before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kitshanu Sivanu LaAsok B'Divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the Universe, who sanctifies us with His commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Today I want to read one of the most challenging passages from the Torah and take some very important lessons for us. The Torah portion this week is very interesting and it parallels what we see happening in the world today. Let us read Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 17 through verse 19. Deuteronomy 25, 17 through 19. Here is the important place from the Torah. Remember what Amalek did to you along the way as you came out from Egypt. How he happened upon you along the way and attacked those among you in the rear. All the struggles, strugglers behind you when you were tired and weary. He did not fear God. Now when Adonai your God grants you rest from all the enemies surrounding you in the land Adonai your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, you are to blot out the memory of Malek from under the heavens. Do not forget. Amalek was a nation described in the Hebrew Bible as a staunch enemy of the Israelites. The name Amalek can refer to the nation's founder, a grandson of Esau, who was Jacob's brother. This was a nation related to the Jews, their relatives. During the journey through the desert, when enemies surrounded the Israelites and divisions and riots constantly rose within the Jewish people. At this very time, when the existence and mission of the Jewish people were constantly being tested, at the most challenging moment, the relatives of the Jewish people committed a terrible betrayal. Fearing to attack the Jewish people in the fair right, they came up with a cunning and cruel tactic. They began to follow the people of Israel at a safe distance, mercilessly killing anyone who was tired and fell behind. They were attacking the most vulnerable Israelites. That is why the Lord gives such a straightforward command to Israel. Verse 17, remember what Amalek did to you. And verse 19, you are to blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. Do not forget. I want to repeat two ideas here. The first one, remember, don't forget. And the second, you are to blot out the memory of Amalek. I want to challenge you with this concept today. Forgiving does not mean forgetting. The Lord gives us his command in his holy Torah. It's a very straightforward command. Remember and do not forget Amalek. Do you remember this story from Apostle Paul's life, where he instructed his community to remember the harm 
the coppersmith has done to him. Let us read 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 and verse 15. Here's the very interesting place of the scriptures. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him too. I am sure he forgave Coppersmith, but he wants his community to remember him forever. One more time I want to reply. To blot Amalek out of the memory means do not forget. Do not stop until you destroy them. A little later we will figure out what Amalek means for us and how we can blot him out from our lives. But now I want to talk about a very important topic about which very little is preached. We are not to forget our past. The Bible teaches us that we are a new creation in Yeshua, the Messiah, and that all things have passed away. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I would like to read it. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This verse teaches us that Yeshua, the Messiah, has already redeemed our past and paid in full by his sacrifice for us. Now we have been born of God for a new life. And therefore, one of the most important meanings of this verse is that our past no longer has power over us. The old life, past habits, and sins should not control us anymore. But at the same time, it is essential to understand that to forgive or be forgiven does not mean to forget. Leaving something behind does not mean throwing it out from our memory. If you forgive somebody, does not mean that they have a right to hurt you again. It is very important to remember. This is why the Lord tells us, remember Amalek when you are in the promised land, in the new land. Sometimes when someone ignores or pretends that some events of the past never happened, then spiritual and psychological issues can begin in the life of such a person. The people can forgive, but still experience tremendous pain and suffering. Forgetfulness, it is not a sign of health, but it is a sign of dementia or memory loss. In my experience, I read so many books with the wrong approach about forgiveness, and I saw so many people who were harmed by incorrect teaching. It is necessary to remember the past, but at the same time, our past should not have power over our future. In order to make it clear what I want to say, I will give some interesting examples from history. There is a fundamental truth. A nation that does not remember its past does not have its future. Spanish philosopher George Santiana is credited with the aphorism. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Let's look at one example of forgetfulness in today's society. Today there is a terrible war in Ukraine. 
And the main reason for this is that humanity has forgotten the history. Those obligations, those promises that it made after the Second World War. Then many millions of people were destroyed. The Jewish people were almost completely exterminated. About six million Jews. And all because countries were tolerant, tolerating fascism. Governments were afraid of con confrontation with Hitler and as a result paid such a price. Today the same thing is happening in Ukraine. And because nations have forgotten the lessons of the past, everything is repeated again. I want to quote from the speech of the German pastor Martin Müller. He became the leader of a group of German cler clergymen opposed to Hitler. I would like to read his, his speech. First, they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. Forgetfulness leads to many problems in the future. We are believers, and our weapons are the Word of God, prayer, and our influence in all spheres of society where we are, our concern for other people's sufferings, we have no right to forget, and we have no right to remain indifferent. We know, because we are believers, we believers, we know that our enemy is spiritual Amalek, not people, but spiritual Amalek. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it is a truth for all of us, for all of us. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, not against people, not against nations, not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of this darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amalek is a type of Satan and his army, the habits and sins of our past life. And we have no right to forget Amalek and bring him into our life today, into life in the promised land. Let's read about what can happen to us if we forget our past, our life before our Shua, our repentance, and our turning to the Lord. Let us read from 2 Peter verse two, chapter 2, verse 21 and verse 22. 2 Peter 2, 21, 22. For, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, then after learning about it, to turn back from the holy commandment passed on to them. What has happened to them confirms the truth of the proverb. A dog returns to its vomit. And the scrubbed pig heads right back into the mud. Can you imagine? 
The Bible describes the condition of those people who once were believers and followed God, but then forgot where they came from and who they were as a duck and a scrubbed pig. So, what is the difference between forgetting and blotting out? Let us look at the Deuteronomy 25 again, verse 19. You are to blot out of the, mem of, of the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. Do not forget. To blot out in Hebrew means to wipe, to wash, exterminate, completely erase. I want to consider how we can apply this passage from the Bible into our lives. And to begin, I would like to give an example from my experience. Sometimes a pe person can carry the baggage of the past, wounds that linger from childhood, sometimes manifest into physical or emotional problems because they have never been healed from their inner pain. Sometimes it, feel like, it feels like you if you try to forget or ignore your past, it will not hurt anymore. But this is absolutely not true. Similarly, in our physical life, ignoring the disease or our body, of our body and not paying attention to the symptoms of the disease can lead to serious consequences in our lives. To wipe out Amalek means to defeat him, completely destroy him, wiped him out of this earth. And for a believer to win a battle against spiritual Amalek means to bring the pain of his past to the Lord, so the Lord may heal him. To bring your wounds, to bring your past into the Lord, into his presence, so that he may heal you. I want to read one of my favorite passages from the Bible. Is the first John chapter 1, verse 9 and verse 10. First John 9, 1, 9, 10. Here is the promise from the Lord to us. And please pay attention to these verses. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Let me read this passage from the Bible in my interpretation. And I want to begin with verse 10 from the end of the verse. If I say that I have not sinned, if I have a short memory and forget that I am a sinner, then I am deceiving myself. But if I confess my sin, bring it into God's presence, confess the sin and repent of it, then the Lord will forgive and cleanse me. This is the way to go. In order to be cleansed, it is necessary to confess sin, bringing before God and not pretend to be sinless. That is what today's Torah chapter is about. This chapter describes the various types of sacrifices. For the forgiveness of sin, a person had to come to the priest with a sacrifice in front of the entire society of Israel and openly confess his sin. And only then was the sacrifice offered on the altar and the person received cleansing. And if a person sinned against another person, 
then there was an even more difficult process. The guilty one had to atone for his sin, repay for what was stolen, openly admit a lie in the presence of priests, and only then was his sacrifice accepted by God. I hear, I hear someone may say, thank God I live in the New Testament. The old is all gone. But let's remember the words of our precious Savior and Lord. It is in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and verse 24. Here is the New Testament, Brita Hadesha for all of us, Matthew 5, 23 and 24. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering upon the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering to the Lord. It turns out that in order for the prayers to be heard and the sacrifices accepted by the Lord, it is necessary to reconcile, to compensate for the loss of the person against whom he sinned. Of course, there are times when nothing can be changed, when you can't ask for forgiveness, when it's too late to reconcile. Then confess your sin before God, and He, being faithful and just, will forgive you and cleanse you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It is His promise, and it is His love to all of us. I want to give an example from my own life. My good friend is a minister in one of the Messianic congregations in Ukraine. It is about him. There was a man in his life who did a lot of evil against him. He spread gossip about him, accused him of many things. And I remember um, the pain and resentment in my friend's life when undeservedly this man paid him with evil for good. And now many years later, this man fell ill with a serious, very serious disease, ended up in the hospital with a fatal diagnosis. He stopped walking, almost did not eat because of pain, and the doctors gave him a little time to live. Many people prayed for this guy. Some famous healing ministers came to anoint him with oil, and the whole church prayed for him, but with no success. I remember my friend told me about what was happening and asked me to go with him to the hospital, to this man who harmed him so much. I remember the moment, moment when we got there. My friend asked only one question. Do you want to tell me anything? I'm here to pray for you. And then the man burst into tears and asked for forgiveness for my friend. We prayed briefly, without any emotion, without remain reminding him of anything or judging him. In the end, my friend told him that he forgives him. And in a few days later, we learned that he was on demand and was out of the hospital after a few days. And this is a true story from my life. I saw it by my own eyes. So now let's read about it in the scriptures because scripture says the same. James chapter five, verses 14 through verse 16, James 5, 14 through 16. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of Messiah's community and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
and verse 15. The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And verse 16, here's the key verse. So confess your offenses to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous person is very, very powerful. So confess your offenses to one another. Amen. And in conclusion, I want to say that sometimes it is very important to get qualified help. Sometimes you need a spiritually mature and experienced person who can help you confess your sins and support you in prayer. Sometimes it is necessary. But the most important for today, I would like to repeat it, and it's so important to know, for us to know it. There must be a place and a time when you trust God. Open the secrets of your heart, your part, your past before him even if you are very ashamed and hurt. There must be a place to speak to the Lord. There must be a place to share your heart with the Lord. There must be a place to open your heart and invite the Holy Spirit inside of your heart, in your mind, in your past, in your experience, that He can heal you and bring His freedom into, his, into your life. Who had such an experience in the past when something bothered you or something hurt in your body you came to the doctor and he prescribed you a painful procedure or even an operation then you came home opened the internet and looked for ways to cure yourself without help the help of the doctor because it is not painful but the truth is that almost always pain is a sign of successful surgery the same is true when we need surgery on our souls. In order to be healed, you must bring your sin, your shame, your doubts into the healing presence of God. Open your heart, repent in tears, and regret your misconduct before God. And then comes healing, a sense of freedom, and relief in God's presence. And then you can forget because there is no Amalek anymore. There is no place for sin. There is no place for demons to torment you because you opened your heart, your past, your life before the Lord. Finally, I want to give a strong confidence and hope for the future. Once again, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Here's the cure. Here's the medicine for all of us. Here's the way to go. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen. He is faithful to forgive and purify us. In the end, I want to remind you, if Beth Israel is a blessing to you, please consider being a blessing to Beth Israel. We will close with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. So let us pray, pray together. Yevrecha Hadonai Veishmerecha, Yer Adonai Panavalecha Vichunecha, Yisa Adonai Panavalecha Veyasem Lecha Shalom. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Shabbat Shalom, Mishpacha. Shabbat Shalom.